Thanks for checking out the Generosity Labs podcast. Generosity and giving as it relates to the church is one of the biggest and most important conversations we can have across faith communities. That's why we're here. On the Generosity Labs podcast, hosted by Kenny Jang, we will talk to pastors, consultants, service providers, and other church leaders. We're going to discuss the current trends, models, and best practices for developing giving as a robust part of your community life and how you can get a culture of generosity to flourish from the inside out. Join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. Check out www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources made available just for you and your church. Greetings to everyone in podcast land today. Uh, Generosity and giving as it relates to the church is one of the biggest and most important conversations that we can have across faith communities today. That's why uh, we've got a special treat today we have with us Jacob Palkovitz. Uh, So glad to have you on the show today, Jacob. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. Uh, Jacob, so you are the executive and financial assistant at Hope Fellowship in Texas. Um, and uh, you just have this part and passion for really advancing the gospel and others in that ministry. Um, so why don't you just get, let's get straight to it. Uh, tell us a little bit about what your role is at that church. And tell us a little bit about the church community. If we visited on a, spe- on a Sunday um, and we took a look around the seats, what would we see? What kind of community do you guys have? Sure, absolutely. Well, again, thank you for having me, and I appreciate uh, to share this opportunity. And uh, so uh, I am, uh, the, like you said, the executive and finance assistant here at Hope Fellowship. Uh, my job is to handle partly the finances, uh, expense management, just that uh, typical uh, back-end office stuff, but then also to kind of encourage um, new processes and new systems into the church, um, incorporating that idea of technologies, new technology that can come into this world. How can we use that to advance the gospel, whether that is through um, just a new uh, customer management or what we look at as membership management systems or potentially uh, generosity. Um, we can do that as well through technology. And so that's what I do here for our church. Hope Fellowship is a multi-site church here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have three locations right now. Uh, we run about 6,500 on the weekend across all those campuses. Nice. Um, uh, we are in that North Dallas area that's a very growing and booming area, especially for younger families. Um, our typical uh, age range is um, that early adult uh, from 25 to 35. Uh, that's our kind of core range. Uh, but, of course, it spreads all over. Um, and then, of course, with young families. So uh, kids is a big portion of our um, attendance as well. Nice, nice. So you come on a typical weekend. That's the kind of demographics that you'll see. Um, and uh, that does, like, expands across all of our campuses. But uh, I hope that you kind of just feel that warm and inviting embrace. Um, we definitely are very volunteer-driven on the weekends and uh, through all of our activities. Uh, so uh, we, we really do push that whole idea of just opening up to anybody and just uh, giving them a, a handshake and a welcome. Nice, nice. Now, so... Um, at what point did your organization, your church, actually step into digital giving, whether it be mobile or text giving? Sure. So we uh, we started the I would classify it as digital giving. That even includes online giving. Sure. Um, we started that way back in I would say about two thousand five. Um, that was kind of uh, 
some of those early adopters or church management systems were just introducing it around that time, uh, maybe a few years prior. But we kind of caught on to 2005 into 2006. And Gaper uh, just did the online giving uh, world for a little bit. And it, it developed for us. We got a, a good portion of our giving done through that. Uh, I came on board in 2011. Mm-hmm. And that's also around the time I said, we really just stepped back and said, okay, how are people giving? What are new ways that we can offer giving that really meet the need of the individual? And uh, we all know that culture changes. Uh, it used to be that people carried around cash or checkbooks, and uh, that is not the case anymore. Um, and so we are now to that point where we're like, okay, what's the easiest way for them to give? So going into 2012, uh, we start kind of just looking at those different things. And uh, we, we knew that uh, a kiosk giving had been around for a little bit. Um, we weren't 100% sure on that, just uh, the weighing the benefits of it. Hmm. Uh, but then we started getting introduced to an idea of, okay, we're, we're, we're grasping this idea of a, of a small computer in our, in our pockets every single day. Uh, how can we uh, leverage that? And, of course, we see all these um, stores uh, and companies putting their, their apps out there. Yeah, of course. Look, buying stuff, Amazon, Apple Store, whatever it may be, they're buying stuff on their phones, so why can't they give on their phone? So going uh, into 2014 and 15, we start uh, introducing um, a text-to-give platform for us. Um, and we, uh, we use Kindred, um, which is a, just a very good and robust system for that digital giving. Uh, that includes both text and you can also do an online feature for them. And uh, so we start kind of introducing that, and man, right when we uh, introduced it, we just saw the congregation really embrace it. Uh, not that it's our primary way of giving, but uh, it, it wasn't, and it wasn't just one or two people using. We had hundreds of people using it every single week, and it wasn't just people transferring their checkbook and their uh, cash into doing it in a digital way. And that, while that's good too, because it saves us on the back end from having to go and cal- uh, count all that and enter yeah, yeah. into the system, that saves us there. But it also just it just makes it easier for them and more consistent with their giving because, like you and me, we more than likely do not carry cash and check every single day, yeah. um, and uh, and mo- most of the, your congregation probably does not. But now that we can offer them uh, a way to put their credit card information in, and then they can easily give um, when they want to, where they want to, uh, has really ca- caught on. Um, whether from their online. Uh, giving or through a text-to-give platform. Now, for text-to-give, so I think it's about two years since you adopted it then, right, in that timeline. Yes. Um, today, do you have any sense of what percentage of your giving, your donations, come through uh, texting, text-to-give? Yes, we're seeing, we just uh, kind of passed 10% um, wow. of our giving is coming through a text uh, texting platform. And then to go along with that, about 60 to 65% is coming from online. And so what, what I found really, really encouraging when we did adopt that text to give was, again, we weren't just transferring people over. We saw a, a consistent number of people that were new givers. Mm. So there's first time giving. We send out, of course, a first time giver uh, email um, every week just saying, hey, thanks so much for giving. Um, if you have any questions, please let us know. Um, and when we look over that report of who that went to and we see where they gave from, whether that's online, cash, check, 
we see this we see this note of kindred a lot. And so I'm like, oh wow, these people are giving through kindred. And so um, we're really offering that opportunity for someone else to engage um, in giving and actually um, really embrace that whole idea of generosity um, to the church. And I, hopefully, they feel a little bit more connected to the church because of that. There's a lot of people though that, that are making these decisions in their churches and teams, and there's always some obstacles or some voices that. You know, playing devil's advocate, and people are saying, "Look, um, it's it's hard to go from a system where you're receiving cash and checks, taking 100% of the collection, uh, and then to a point where you you need to reconcile the fact that now you're going to give away a certain percentage to bank and merchant fees." Um, is is that has that been an issue internally in terms of your discussions at all? And what would you say to churches that? feel like that's one of the big struggles or the, the obstacles before they get to the actual text or online giving solutions? Sure. Definitely a valid concern. Um, I think people should look into that when they are um, looking at the different platforms that are out there. And there's a lot of great platforms out there, and they might do their pricing a little bit different, but um, really weigh in on what those costs really mean. So, okay, I'm going to incur a few additional dollars in fees but yet my, my giving is going to go up much more than what those fees are. So, so have uh, you guys seen that? Have you, when you went from um, offline giving to online giving and then you adopted text to give, um, your overall giving superseded the, the, fee, the incremental fees that you guys collected, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I can't give a percentage or however much, a tenfold or whatever, but it, it definitely was worth those those small percentage points that you're giving um, to, as a bank fee, we're, we're making up in new donors or in increased giving. Because if you really think about it, uh, if somebody gave, uh, let's we can even create an example here. If someone gave weekly $100 cash, yes, you get $400 at the end of the month from that person. There's no bank fee to kind of go along with that or credit card processing fee. But um, let's say they miss a week. Uh, because they were sick, they were on vacation. That's only three hundred dollars. We missed a hundred dollars there. But if you if you offer that text to give platform or a, just an online giving platform, um, they can still give wherever, whenever. Um, and so we, it's a little bit more probable that they're going to give four hundred dollars that month, a hundred dollars each week. Um, and especially if you can get them into the uh, scheduled giving, uh, where it automatically just charges their card or their bank um, once a week for a hundred dollars, then it's—I it, don't want to say it's a guarantee, but it's a much higher probability they're going to give every single week from here on out, whether they're in the congregation that week or not. Right. And, so, is, uh, is the does your text giving solution allow you to set up recurring giving as well? Absolutely. So when you so when you set up your text giving for the first time, it brings you to a screen. Of course, you put your uh, credit card information in. Uh, it also offers an e-check option um, if you want to put your banking information in, which is a little bit cheaper if you're willing to look at that pricing point. Um, uh, so they can put that information in, put a little bit of other information in there, and uh, then you hit give. And so at the very, the last option I ask is, hey, do you want to set this up as a one-time gift, nice, or do you nice. want to set it up on a monthly, uh, weekly, however, there's multiple different options that you can set that up as. And they can do that at that time, or if they ever want to go back in, they can easily go back into that account and set it up. Nice, later. nice. Uh, now, that's how my wife and I do it. That's how I know many others do it. And so it's just, it's a very convenient feature. 
Now, um, if, if you're, you're talking to a lot of people here that are considering digital giving for the first time, uh, what's the one thing that you would give as a piece of advice that they should be looking out for or they should actually really be concerned about or uh, pay attention to as they transition in digital giving? Uh, you know, I would definitely just tell them to uh, look at all their features and, and definitely from a back-end side, I work on that back-end side with the finances and the reconciling. See how it, uh, whatever platform you are looking at and you're interested in, see how it does adapt and integrate with uh, whether that be your church management system uh, or your accounting software. Uh, what would that accounting uh, and reconciliation process kind of look like? Gotcha. Um, I'm fortunate that, yes, we kind of look at that while we went into Kindred or um, our online giving. With what, our back end, what back end system are you guys using? Uh, for we Church management, we use Fellowship One, um, which does have a, a direct integration with Kindred. Kindred has a direct integration with it. Um, so it's not that we have to go and record all of our donations mm. from Kindred. And they just immediately post to Fellowship One, which, again, makes the reconciliation process really easy and then also when we send out giving statements if someone gave by online for half the month and by text for half the month uh, for half the year i'm sorry uh it's all on one statement we don't have to send out multiple statements so um definitely take those things into consideration when you're looking at uh, the platform that you want to use nice. uh, and uh, but overall a lot of them especially if they are very church minded they they understand that and uh they're going to offer those uh, features that you need nice well thank you so much for sharing some of that nitty-gritty and the, the overall experience uh, it's really encouraging to hear more churches taking on digital giving like yours um let's finish off with a lightning round of questions if you're ready you got it. Let's okay, try. so the first one is everyone is building a list as we go through and enter into the new year. Can you share one resource that people should be putting on the top of their list, whether it's a good book, a website, a conference, or a resource they need to be looking for? Uh, I encourage anyone that's on staff by the church to definitely have something that feeds into them, uh, whether that be, uh, again, working in the finance world, uh, if you want something that's a little bit more finance-driven or just leadership-driven. And so I look to a few different things as far as just leadership um, uh, training, uh, and that's Global Leadership Summit, um, done, uh, I'm blanking on the name up there. Willow Creek, Willow Creek in uh, August, right? Thank you, thank you. That's uh, a so good that's one. Been a great, that's, uh, we, we've just kind of jumped on board going to some of their conferences um, in the last two years, and it's been very encouraging, very enlightening. Um, and that can open up uh, to multiple different books that you can read through some of the speakers that they have that come through. Absolutely. Um, another website that I look at is Leadership Network. Uh, they offer a lot of different sessions and um, collaboratives with other churches across the United States that uh, might be of similar size or similar obstacles that you may have. Um, and they can kind of put you guys together in a room and kind of talk through some of those things. But then also they just really put out some very good reports. Yep. Uh, on the church and then the status of the church and then also maybe pointing you in the right direction um, on what you need to be looking at as next steps. And so we've been a part of that um, going into one here in a, in a month or so uh, to, to uh, look at a little bit more multi-site strategies again. And so uh, just really looking forward to that as well. Nice. Well, next question is, what's one big thing that you're looking forward to in 2017 regarding a church? 
Uh, you know, in general, I think I look forward to this every year, but it's just the, the opportunity for growth in our, in our area, not just uh, getting more people in the door, which is uh, more, more seats in the chairs means more people having the opportunity to hear the gospel. Yeah. But um, we ultimately want people to grow in their faith. We want them to grow in their generosity, um, whether that's in their time, in their money, uh, just in uh, the, their every day of just showing goodwill to others. And so hopefully uh, we get to kind of see that um, uh, in our community, that we can make that, that little bit more of an impact next year. So I'm definitely excited about that. Uh, I'm also just, as a kind of a techie guy, I, I like to see what new technology can come available um, and how the church can use it. Um, and uh, just see what some of those developers come up with, whether it's a brand new developer that's uh, very small, just making a name for themselves, or some of those bigger player names, uh, what, what do they incorporate into their current existing platforms that can benefit us. Yeah, I love that future forward uh, posture. So uh, where are you getting your inspiration and education about giving and donor development these days? Uh, you know, I definitely I mentioned a few of those. Those are kind of a little bit more on the leadership side. Uh, leadership Network does uh, offer some good uh, tools as far as uh, giving. Um, and then also of those uh, platforms that you do, we use Kindred, Fellowship One. They typically will offer some uh, insights to, hey, start maybe looking at this. Uh, these are the trends that we're seeing. Are you seeing the same trends? So they can definitely help uh, keep you... Um, uh, on track and see how your how your giving is increasing compared to others your size because needless to say they're serving many many churches they have that data yeah. available to them to kind of see how other churches are gauging so we understand that other church is going to uh, have the same results but uh, it's at least something to compare it to uh, so I definitely would say looking at those um, other uh, at your platforms. Uh, the last one is is uh, connecting with other churches, whether that is in your demographic area. Um, and so here in Frisco, there's a uh, geographic area. I said demographic. Geographic. Just see uh, how those churches are doing. Uh, right. Connect with the, their business managers and uh, or their pastors there and just say, hey, what are you guys using? Uh, how effective is it? Or is it effective? And um, and because they're, they're probably uh, having the same demographic in their seats every week. And uh, so if they're seeing a very high um, digital giving experience where most of their donors are giving that way and you're not seeing that, maybe you can start to evaluate what is it that uh, they're doing different that may help you. And so I think that's a really good way to go. Uh, like I said, I, we have at least uh, three to four different churches that I talk to probably on a monthly basis or so just to say, how's it going? And that might be all it is, but then also sharing different ideas. So good, so good. Thank you so much for those insights, Jacob. Thank you for being with us on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much, Kenny. And thank you to our audience for listening into our conversation on digital giving and the church. Hope this episode has been beneficial and really tactically useful for you. Do me a favor and like and review this podcast episode today. It really helps us get the word out to more church leaders across the country on such an important issue that's facing the future of the church. Well, that's a wrap. I'm Kenny Jang for Generosity Labs. Till next time, check out our website at www.generositylabs.org. Remember, learning to give with your heart is when you really start. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Don't forget to join us every week right here for the Generosity Labs podcast. 
In the meantime, visit www.generositylabs.org for more details and fantastic free resources for you and your church.